Welcome to Tree Talking Time, where we talk all things tree dogs. From the smallest fights to the largest hounds, drink squirrels to bears and everything in between. And from time to time, we might even run a little fast game. Well, why don't you uh, start off with an introduction? I mean, I don't know the best way to describe you. I'm sure you, you would be, you could do a much better job than I can. <laughs> come on, you gonna do me like that, man? Hey, come on. I, I You're a Nashville a recording star. That is all I know. Oh, man, I ain't no big old recording star. I You've just... got a verified account. Well... Man, I just know some people. That's all. You got a blue check mark. That's all I know. Oh, I guess I guess that holds a lot of weight nowadays. <laughs> I don't know. Some I, people it does. Yeah, I guess. Well, yeah, I don't know. Some people know who I am, <laughs> and you know, I'm very appreciative that there's people out there that listen to my music. So we'll put it that way. I sing, I make country music, I write songs. Uh, I'm an outdoorsman. I grew up, you know, doing the things that I sing about and I still do and kind of have always been true to the craft and true to the, to the, uh, spirit of the wild, if you will. And yeah, yeah. I'm just, a I would consider myself a rarity amongst a whole lot of the same. I don't say that from an uh, from an area of arrogance. I, I say with with humble confidence that I just I've been around the block and just I ain't, there ain't a whole lot of folks that are cut from the same cloth, man. They just don't make them like like us no more. I would say you're probably not wrong. But we still didn't say who you are, so today I have J.J. Lawhorn with me. So I appreciate you taking the time to sit down and talk to me. Oh, man, appreciate you uh, inviting me to come on your show here. The thing that stuck out to me, um, like you said, you're, you're a little different than most uh, country music stars. You're, you're over here on TikTok posting videos of you coon hunting and <laughs> climbing trees and knocking coons out and bow fishing and... Oh Just man, they, living the life that all these country stars sing about. Oh man, it froze up on me. Yeah, for a second now. Yeah, I am. I'm out here living, living like a grown up Boy Scout man. <laughs> I mean, I, these guys don't don't realize how. <laughs> I mean, just there ain't hardly any folks left that are living, you know, the way that I'm living. Man, I don't know how else to say it other than that. It sounds really conceited i hate that a lot of people confuse you know confidence and and humility uh with with arrogance sometimes you know they look at a guy like me and they're like this guy must be a punk but <laughs> when i say that it's just it's just getting more and more cookie cutter down here around the music city nowadays yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, in a world of the same, man, I've always preached you. You just strive to be a little bit different. Just be, be yourself and do your thing. And it doesn't really matter what, what field you're in, whether it's you're in the outdoor industry, the music industry, you know, some sort of technology field. It, it doesn't really matter what it is. If you do your best and you be you, uh, you'll go far. Do what you're passionate about. Do what you love. 
And uh, I've always loved uh, the outdoors. I love, um, you know, I love country music. Uh, of course, I love my family. I love Jesus. But, you know, I love country music and I love hunting. And people just don't, like, a lot of folks don't really understand how much I love the outdoors. And I guess that's kind of how you've heard about me some maybe maybe some music stuff or maybe some of the outdoor stuff but i've kind of merged a lot of that over the years you know because i've always heard you know if you do what you love you do what you're most passionate about uh you'll make the best things you'll you'll do the best work that you can do mm-hmm. and I, I i believe that man so yeah. combining no, my favorite things how could i not have heard your music you have a song literally called the houndsman Right, right, right. Well, I mean, that's that ain't been so long ago. I mean, I think I put that out there right there about the end of 2018, 2019 or something like that. So that ain't been okay. but a couple of years, but but yeah, man. Uh, but yeah, that old houndsman song come about because I grew up in Virginia and I grew up hunting uh deer with dogs and doing a lot of different uh. Uh, hunting activities with dogs and it's always been something i'm passionate about uh you know ever since i tried it when i was a little whippersnapper now when you got started running deer dogs what kind of deer dogs were you run man see the first deer dogs that i ever hunted with were black and tame coon hounds really and yeah they go all the way back to george washington it's really i tell people this all the time it i it's really truly an American, all American breed. I mean, really, I don't think there's anything more American. I mean, there's the the plot hound, of course, you know, that is a very American uh breed of hound of sorts. You know, you got immigrants, people that come here, and you know, we started a country and whatever, you got settlers and you know, some folks that have brought dogs from across the seas there and have kept those bloodlines and 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 you know we still got some remnants of of those dogs today uh and make up that breed but you know with the with the black and tan coon and a lot of people don't realize that it goes all the way back to george washington <clears throat> and it's pretty cool to uh to have had uncles i call them uncles they was more like second third cousins but they was about the age your uncles would have been you know in in reference to you know the gap between me and them yeah age wise and uh anyhow man they they had the only black and tan deer dogs that i knew about in them days growing up mm-hmm. and it was kind of just a cool thing that we took pride in that we had some dogs that went back long ways and we were still running the same dogs at george washington used to like to run for for deer and for foxes so uh it's pretty cool a lot of those folks down there they hunt fox they hunt deer with dogs mm-hmm. uh, they hunt they do a lot of cool stuff too like uh hunting turkeys with dogs yep. things that you know a lot of folks never even have heard of <laughs> but yeah you i've seen a little bit of it all growing up out there and like i said my my family they use those black and tan coon hounds but we had uh walker hounds we had you know like running walker dogs all kinds of crazy mixes and I've, man i had some great dogs that were just mutts they looked like they crawled out of a, dump, a dumpster guys that man you got no idea i mean i could tell you story after story about dogs that just wow. didn't look like much and they just nobody knew what they was but they knew that that thing would go tear off and swim a 
two mile river and push a big buck to you. You know, I mean, just well, that's what we're after. Those stories. So, why don't you tell us one of them? Lord have mercy. There's (laughs) there's too many of them to just (laughs) specify. I mean, but but like, I mean, I guess it all just comes down to getting somebody to talk and you know what you do. I know a lot of these podcasts. A lot of my buddies that do these podcasts. You know, they just they try to get folks that are quote unquote, uh, characters, you know, and I, and I kind of, <laughs> I consider myself a little bit of character of sorts, I, you know, I would say I, so. I'm an animated individual. So I got some stories to tell, but let's see here, man. I mean, I don't know. I, I had, a. I, it's hard when people put you on the spot to sit here and pinpoint one, but we'll just yep. go down the line and I'll kind of tell you a little bit more about my background I started out uh, deer hunting with dogs, and I've, like I said before, I've hunted all manner of things, you know, everything from bear, bears to uh, squirrels and rabbits and stuff like that. I've got a buddy of mine is a president of this uh, Virginia Rabbit Beagle Association, and okay. so we uh, I've done some rabbit hunting with this old boy, and a lot of guys back home are big into that, and mm-hmm. fox hunting, yep. so... Yeah, man. I mean, between the deer hunting with dogs, uh, fox hunting, squirrel hunting, rabbit hunting, uh, it just made for a big, a big, uh, a big part of my life, man. I mean, you have a huge camaraderie that comes along with hunting with dogs. You get all the buddies together, all the local old men, you know, they tell the old stories and, and you know you go out there and make memories and hunt and you work hard people don't realize a lot of guys say that hunting with dogs is cheating or it's like (laughs) slouch thing and you know of course all the guys that are like us you know they know we know that's not true yeah it just couldn't be farther from the truth you know i mean i can tell you we used to we used to go hunt some places called we call them the grinder you know, call them a grinder or something like that, you know, because when you go through there, you come out the other side and you'd look like you got chewed up by a grinder, you yeah. know, like a meat grinder. I mean, you'd, you'd literally have your backpack that you'd have on unzipped. It looked like it just got ripped to shreds. Your ears would be bleeding. Your face would be bleeding. You know, you know anything that you had on, it didn't matter if it was briar britches or the toughest stuff, you yep. know, whatever material you had, you know, it just be ripped to shreds. Now, <laughs> and so, where you, so where you grew up, was that all? like thick swamps or mountains? I mean, a lot of folks don't understand. Virginia is one of the coolest states in the whole country, and I encourage people to go there. Oh, yeah. You you can go from, you know, coastal swamps all the way to mountains. So that's why I was that's asking right. kind of where, you, where you're at. That's right. And see, I spent a lot of time in two different parts of the state. And, I mean, I've, I've spent a lot of time in all the state for that matter, but the most time I spent was – kind of in the central Virginia region, as well as Southern Virginia, uh, down towards the middle of the state. So I got half of my family that came from around the central Virginia region and the other half of my family from about, you know, 12, 10, 12 miles from, from North Carolina, Mm -hmm. true Southern Virginia, tobacco country and all that. So, uh, so yeah, man, like I said, well, like we was talking about, you got, you got, uh, mountains in, you can be anywhere in the state of Virginia in four or five hours, be at the beach. <clears throat> so you got the beach, you got the swamp. I mean, people don't realize too, that short of the Everglades and maybe like one other 
swamp system. I'm pretty sure the, the Great Dismal Swamp is like the third, second, third. Don't quote me on this, but it's <laughs> one, of the, one of the biggest uh, swamps in the United States. Yeah. The Great, the great Dismal Swamp. <clears throat> I've never so, hunted the Great Dismal Swamp, but I've hunted north of it and south of it. So I'm familiar. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and i tell you a cool story is my – my grandfather, he was a constable, my great, 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 I should say, grandfather, he was a constable, and uh, he was out there in, in moonshine country, out there in the dismal swamp, and he was a good man, even though he's a law man, he was a good man, he wasn't trying to ruin people's livelihoods, and uh, back in them days, you know, wasn't much to do other than hunt, <clears throat> or, you know, work hard, doing something of physical a heavy physical labor or making liquor <clears throat> and so there's a lot of people making liquor in them bars and he didn't really want to he understood they you know they was trying to make a livelihood and and he just like look y'all got to be better than i am because i'm coming there and i'm gonna do my job and you do yours if hopefully you do yours better than mine <laughs> you know because i'm a coming i'm a coming down in here i'm gonna do my job i'll bust this still up if i got to if i find it yeah but like i said he was kind of an honest guy a lot of people try to buy him out <laughs> and uh and he couldn't be bought well turns out one day he got shot oh and then he uh, word got around he's gonna die well if old captain sam if he don't get some blood He's going to die. Well, who showed up to give him blood? Uh, a bootlegger that tried to buy him out because he respected him so much that he uh, wouldn't be bought. He just told the guy, he said, look here, you ain't going to put me in your pocket. Uh, but, uh, you know, you do what you got to do, and I'm going to do what I got to do. And mm-hmm. kind of had to respect his men. And the bootlegger showed up, gave him blood, saved his life. Okay. Uh so yeah, yeah, that's a old great dismal swamp story down in there. Quick one. Mm-hmm. Crazy. But no, I, I would say back then, man's word and meant a lot more and and being honest and being true to your word. Sure, sure, sure. Carried a man a lot further in life than it does today. That's right. That's right. And I think that those principles, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, those original hunt clubs those original groups of guys that got together to do hunting activities, you know, it really wasn't just for sport. It was for, uh, you know, a purpose. You were providing food for a lot of people and you was, you was getting together and celebrating, uh, camaraderie. I heard the other day, somebody said, man, you only get, but so many Novembers. And I really just, that, that really just hit home with me, man. I just, I kind of almost brought a tear to my eye. Yep. Because, you, you know, you think about it like that, you, you're really only getting so many hunting seasons to go out there and do what you love. And so every single time that you get a chance to, you just enjoy it, make the most of it. Exactly. Appreciate you know, it. We get, we get busy and then you get tied up and all of a sudden November or whatever season, depending on what your passion is, rolls around and here it, it flies by and it's you didn't spend near as much time as you wanted to out there and so gotta make sure you make that time because you know i know i have a good friend he's 75 years old and he's he's in maine right now bear hunting and not all of us at 75 years older are able to do that so <laughs> gotta that's do right. it while you're able that's right that's right so all right you gotta keep going and and, and another thing is too is 
you got to pass it on. You know, you got to do it as long as you can and pass it on. And and that's really where, like, the height of the enjoyment comes from. I mean, I, I've been spending the past couple of years before I had my first kid, uh, before that I was spending the past couple of years with buddies of mine that had kids and they was, you know, taking them afield and they was getting to be about, you know, three, four years old. And it was just it's crazy, man. Yeah. People don't understand how much a three or four year old kid can do mm-hmm. until until you just put them out there and you're like, all right, go ahead. <laughs> and they just they get it, man. They they yep. they're adventurers. They want to go out there and get after it. They got all that energy. And if you can channel it into walking up the holler and looking for a coon in a tree or you know, going out there and trying to get in front of the deer dogs before they, they come around the, the bottom there, you know, it just, it gives them this outlet for it. And they, that you can just see the glow in their eyes. I mean, I, many nights I spent hunting with the preacher's boys and they had kids three, four years old and they climb every hill and every holler. I mean, talking about stuff that make grown men cry, yeah. just wail and, just just be sitting there complaining the whole time man this this sucks let's go where it's flat or <laughs> i ain't never coming back here and hunting again these little kids these three four year old five year old kids they just laugh and come on let's see yep. if you can get up there first you know i mean it, they just they have no end to the energy and they hit it hard mm-hmm. and if you put them out there dude they'll do it they'll take to it you know oh, if they yeah. see get excited you know they see you're passionate about it i really truly believe that every kid's got some wild in them Mm -hmm. yeah i got a five-year-old he uh he's he's been hunting with me probably two years now and the first time i took him squirrel hunting we walked a mile and a half and i didn't even realize how far we'd walked until i got back to the truck and i i looked on the garment i was like oh we covered a little ground today other than you know getting caught in some briars here and there you know other than right. that, he was he was good. He kept on trucking with me the whole time, and he he still likes going out. So, oh yeah, oh yeah, that's what it is. Make it fun. Sometimes they're like, "All right, I'm ready to go." Mm-hmm. They're like, "I'm ready to go." Then you're like, "All right, well, we, you know, I mean, of course, with the coon hunting, them them old boys, if he say, "All right, well, you ready to go?" Well, I'm gonna put you on my shoulder. And I'm gonna carry you out. Go to sleep, <laughs> and they go to sleep. You know, because they didn't have no choice. We'd be like five or six, seven miles back off in the cut. You know, yeah. we're ways from anything. It's gonna be four o'clock before we get back to the truck. You know, mm-hmm. we. I've had a lot of nights, man, looking for dogs that made it just unbelievable distances. I mean, coon hounds, you know, of course, these guys, they think it's far if they coon hound goes a mile or two miles or something like that. But, you know, deer hounds, man, they they go a long ways. I mean, they really really move. And, you know, some of them guys that hunt mountain lions and stuff, they know what they know what I'm talking about. I mean, it, you, you get these, you get these chases where, I mean, well, I, I picked up dogs 12, 15 miles away, you know, in, in an hour or two, like, I mean, just insane. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. crazy the way that they move across this terrain 
Uh, it's just, it's insane. And these dogs are just built for speed. They, a lot of people see these dogs and they think they're starved to death, but they, they're just in prime physical condition. And they're, you know, some of these dogs have been bred down to where they're so streamlined. I mean, they're so fast. Yep. They, their average running speed would just blow your mind. And they, they condition the crap out of them because they're always running them in these pens uh, two, 300 acre fox pens and running trials and good, good houndsmen are always exercising their dogs. Yep. And so by the time they put, put the dogs on some deer, uh, man, they burn it up and they go a long ways for <laughs> sure. Definitely. Mm-hmm. But yeah, fortunately, since I've been in Tennessee, I haven't had to, haven't had to have no 12 mile chases because <laughs> they don't let you deer hunt with dogs out here where I'm at, which I think is, you know, a crock of it. I understand why, because a lot of this place where around where I live is all getting uh, developed up and stuff like that. And yep. kind of, you know, just, uh, now is that what made you kind of transition into the coon hounds then? Well, I always liked coon hunting and I went coon hunting you know, when I was younger and really enjoyed it, I, of course, I always, like every other little country kid, loved to where the red fern grows and, mm-hmm. you know, vowed to have me a pack of coon hounds and whatnot one day. Uh, but, but anyhow, yeah, I think that I got more into the coon hunting uh, as a result of the fact that you couldn't deer hunt with dogs. And I just, I needed, I needed that. I couldn't, I couldn't let go of hunting with dogs completely. Yeah. Didn't matter that I was a country music singer and I'm living in music city (laughs) and people, it's hilarious. People all the time try to tell me that where I live isn't Nashville. They're like, there's nowhere in Nashville that looks like where you live. And I'm like, well, (laughs) you just not looking in the right place. (laughs) I found a little corner over here. I'm off here hiding over here in the corner. <clears throat> so I got, there is some places left that aren't developed yet, man. And I'm kind of, uh, I am the last coon hunter in my area. And, and like I said, it's something that I've done with buddies of mine uh, since I was a kid, but it just mm-hmm. it became more of a passion of mine when I couldn't do deer hunting with dogs. Uh, had to have some sort of, some sort of houndsman activity going on there. I, yep. Yeah, that coon hunting's always always been a fancy man. So I figure, you know what? I'm gonna take these old black dogs up. I'll get some good black dogs, and and uh, we'll break them on some coons. Because you know, I feel like a lot of the principles of of teaching dogs to do what they need to do is the same. I mean, a lot of guys try to make the shit up to be a whole lot more than it than it really is. I mean. I mean, let's be honest. It it it, it really boils down to consistency. <clears throat> boils down to whether or not the dogs got the mental capacity and the physical ability, mm-hmm. and and also you know just how good is the guy at in getting all this stuff interpreted to the dog. Yeah. You know, if you break it down for the dog in little steps, like it don't have to be anything super impressive, mm-hmm. but if you can get the dog to understand, man, you can, if the dog has the capacity and the physical capability, it, man, it'll go out there and perform. If yeah. it loves you, you take care of it. So if you break it down for a man, you do some rudimentary steps, mm-hmm. some basic stuff, Man, you get got a decent dog, 
Heck, even even a lot of people think you have to have some bread to the gills thing. And I said this earlier in the thing. Uh, we had dogs that looked like they crawled out of the dumpster. <laughs> you couldn't tell what they was, but they had prey drive. They had the will to hunt. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't matter. Some of the best dogs I ever seen, one in particular was what dog they call Rex. <clears throat> and a guy, a friend of mine, I got the, this bird dog that I have out here in the kennel now. He's a crackerjack bird dog. I've had guys offer me uh, blank checks and and offer me as much money as I wanted for the dog, and I just I laughed. You know, I mean, like, no. I had a guy offer me like fifty thousand dollars for the dog one time because he seen the dog jump like twelve deer, and all he did was jump one, run it, and somebody'd shoot it, turn around, come back, jump another one, turn around, come back, jump another one, and and we 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 literally slaughtered. Uh, these deer that were in this spot and they were way overpopulated. We only hunt the place once a year uh, and it's really remote. A lot of folks don't understand why we're out here killing so many deer, why we need to use dogs to hunt these deer is because, you know, people still have large tracts of land that are unbroken in Virginia. <clears throat> I was talking to a buddy of mine the other day, you know, in Tennessee over here in middle Tennessee, a lot of stuff's broken down. You don't really have a ton of people that have over 150 acres on one tract of land. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's vastly developed. You got, you know, just where I'm at in my zip code, there's probably <laughs> only, you know, two dozen guys that got 200 or more acres. Gotcha. You know? So in towards the city, I'm right there on the edge of the city. Mm-hmm. But, but anyways, man, you, you, you wind up with, you wind up with these places out there in Virginia that have historic significance and have been passed down for a long time. And, you know, one of these clubs we hunt has got like 27,000 acres, you know, and if you think about that and you think about how thick some of these properties are with all the deer that are in there, You'd never be able to get these deer out of there if you didn't have dogs. I don't care how much still hunting you did. I don't care if you went out there and tried to kill every single one of them with with night vision at night. You just you yeah. couldn't kill them all. You just could not kill anywhere close to them all. So uh, the management so that they can have a healthy population in there and not really mess each other up. CWD, a lot of diseases. Oh, yeah come from overpopulation come from too many deer in one place you know it's the same i don't care what people argue over it's i mean it comes down to sanitary things i feel like when there's too many animals on a piece of farm it's too small you're gonna have sanitary issues it's the same common sense with critters in one place and so it's always historically been efficient to use dogs in these places where there's rough terrain, there's mm-hmm. thicket. I can tell you many stories of me spending, you know, hours walking just where, where old boy told me, just walk towards the sun. I ain't never been on this piece of property in my whole entire life. And I'm walking through two, three, 400 acres of, of clear cut. That's 10, 15 years old that you mm-hmm. cannot see through. I'm talking about tunnels yeah. and you're in this tunnel system, like, like a little briar rabbit. And I've shot deer off the hip, you know, pushed the safety off for fear of getting run over like a like a stampede mm-hmm. uh, in in these cutovers for deer running for their lives and yeah. such. And I mean, people will say what they want, man, but 
it, it's wild. It yep. is awesome. It is an awesome uh, activity to partake in. Definitely. We kill, we kill a lot of deer that a ways. We do a lot of good management that a ways. Mm-hmm. We save a whole lot of people money on their car insurance <laughs> that way. Yep. And, and we, we donate a lot of uh, food to homeless organizations, man. So we feeding people. It ain't yeah. like, you know, it ain't like it's just, hey, let's kill all the deer and be greedy. No, man, we've got a purpose. We've got a, a vision. We do good with what we do. And, uh, yeah, it keeps everything in balance. We're stewards of the land. Yeah. Let's shift gears a little bit. I want to talk a little bit about your coon hunting. So you said you have black and tans. Are now, are those the same black and tans that you ran deer on? So it's not the same stock. Okay. I got a, I got a buddy of mine, a friend of mine that – uh is from up there in Missouri and he's, he's about my age. He's, he's probably, maybe he's 30 or something like that, whatever. But he grew up hunting cone hounds. His daddy was a preacher in a little small town up there in, in uh, Missouri. And old boy has some of the best black and tan tree dogs that I, that I'd ever seen. <clears throat> and when I got to meeting this guy and had him come down there and start hunting over there at my farm and, and uh, just, developed a relationship with this guy and became buddies with him. I, I was like, man, if this guy breeds this dog up, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get some some of this stock here. So eventually, before the dog kicked the bucket, uh, he was able to breed it two or three times. He should have bred it a whole lot more, man, because that, that dog of his was named Abner. Uh, Douglas's Abner. I think he was a he was a, definitely a Grand Knight champion. I don't know if he was a Grand Knight champion two times or something like that. I'm not big on the titles. I ain't huge on the competition coon hunting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I appreciate it for what it is and whatnot, and uh, I definitely think it's it's entertaining. But I've always been a, a hunter through and through and been about the traditions, been about the, uh, the enjoyment of just being out there amongst them mm-hmm. and hearing the dogs and working with them yeah making dogs because a lot of people can't make a dog a lot of people can't go out there and train Mm -hmm. and break it down like i said into a rudimentary step-by-step thing and get them to understand it uh for whatever reason a lot of people can't do that so i take a lot of pride in in that you know definitely now can you you know you've said that you basically live in that you obviously live in nashville and that the city's kind of growing out um do you hunt pretty close there to your house or do you have to go pretty far to hunt? Well, uh, that's a good question because I be, uh, I do a lot of different things. I do hunt <laughs> close to my house cause I've been able to over the years. Uh, I, I, I don't want to say I got the power of persuasion cause <laughs> I've done a lot of things, a lot of things for people that, you know, I didn't really have no guarantee at all that they would, they would even care. <clears throat> you know, I kind of just went out of my way to try to help people and just whether they saw it or not, Hey man, I'm going to help you. You're my neighbor or whatever. And, uh, yeah, eventually, dude, you keep doing stuff like that. It kind of wears on people, and they're like, you know what? I didn't really want to like you, but I like you now. <laughs> and so I kind of got a couple of them deals, mm-hmm. and I got about three miles worth of land that stretches out in a kind of a funky way. But it's right outside of Nashville. I got several hundred acres to hunt 
right there. And then I've got a lot of different people that I've picked up over the years that had lot large tracts of land, old men that were farmers and mm-hmm. kind of the last holdouts amongst the suburbia and were like, well, boy, go out there and coon hunt. And you yeah. just, anybody give you a hard time, you just tell them, take a hike or whatever. <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah, man. I kind of, so I did a lot, do a lot of that still, but I, you know, as, as time has gone on, I will say I've kind of shifted more towards moving a little bit farther out of the city and hunting some of these larger tracts of land. I do like to hunt some public land uh, outside of Nashville. That's really good. Mm-hmm. It creates just the whole hunting from the water experience. You know, yeah. I've, done a lot of, I've done a lot of hunting from canoe. <clears throat> Put it this yeah. way. A lot of this is actually kind of interesting per se, because a lot of people don't do no hunting with canoe with the dog. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people don't appreciate the danger of the canoe. Right. <laughs> you know, they, they don't understand, man. Like if you're on a 14,000 acre lake, you know, and you're in a canoe and you're with several dogs and maybe one or two other people, <laughs> Ooh, buddy, I'm going to tell you something. Yeah paddling out there to some islands out there in the middle of the lake and you got to go three three quarters of a mile to a mile depending on how you you're approaching it or where you you know leaving the, the bank from mm-hmm. i mean it gets a little it, it used to get a little sketchy i try to take in a boat nowadays but i spent many years cutting my teeth carrying puppies like you know five six month old dogs carrying them across some crazy bodies of water in a 17 foot aluminum canoe with nothing but manpower behind that sucker. And I'm talking about it'd be 15 to 20 degrees outside. And I'd be like, not telling my lady ain't nobody with me. Cause she'd be like, is somebody going with you? I'd be like, I'd be like, yeah, yeah. We going down here. Yeah. Somebody's going with me. <clears throat> yeah. The dogs, the dogs are going with me. Put these suckers in this crate right here, push off the bank and go paddle out there. You had it. You had to go out there when it was calm. Cause if you had any kind of wind at all, yeah. you know, you probably, you probably drown and die. And I did have some sketchy situations like that where the canoe was, chopping two three feet off the waves there and the wind was whipping you know it's 20 degrees outside i'm praying lord jesus don't let me take on no water i won't go paddling across this lake like this and no wind wind ever again you know but i spent many many nights out there hunting these dogs by myself Every once in a while, I convince a buddy who is crazy enough to come out there and and do some Davy Crockett <laughs> and, and go out there and, and do this stuff. Because really, I, I have this innate sense of adventure inside of me. <clears throat> a lot of people lack this or they have it and it's just been lost somewhere inside of them. Uh, but with me, man, I've always embraced it. And I've always been like, dude, I need this. I need to go out and do these kinds of things, put myself out there and kind of pit myself up against the, the folks of old back in the day, these old boys, they didn't have no John boat. They didn't have no mud motor on the back of their thing. They weren't jumping over beaver dams and stuff like that. We no man. 
they was over there fighting elements with an oar <clears throat> and a little little dugout canoe, a P-row or something, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's I kind of done things like that in my mind to honor these people and, and to kind of try and be half the man that these folks that came before us were. Yeah. When I was growing up hunting with these dogs with deers, you know, I grew up where we just, they put a blanket out there. If the dog didn't come back where you cut it loose, you left your jacket or put a blanket out there, yeah. old horse blanket or something like that. And the thing would find its way back. It was the darndest thing. I mean, just yeah. be 12 miles, go 12 miles, go swim two rivers and, 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 and make its way all the way back to that blanket there where you yeah. turn it loose. Now, I've talked to some old timers and, and they've said, you know, these the dogs now they don't have the same homing instinct that they used to no no they don't and i talked to somebody the other day and he was like oh yeah i got out of coon hunting a friend of mine he's like i got a coon hunting because all these dogs all they do is go 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 he's like used to just have dogs that laid around all day long on the porch and then when you wanted to go hunting you're like all right come on oh boy and he loaded up there jumped in the truck and you went out and he hit it hard as all night long and just been hunted he was he was charged you know but nowadays it seems like a lot of dogs they just if you've got one that's got high prey drive in it it don't know how to flip the switch it just is always wired you know and uh a lot of those competition dogs have been bred up to that way yep i don't i don't think that it's a bad thing per se it's purposely done that but Mm -hmm. i think that some of that old timey pleasure hunting style dog uh, the good old hunting dog has kind of been bred out in a lot of breeds because of that, uh, you know, necessity, like, oh, we got to win. This is a necessity. We got to breed dogs to win. We got to breed dogs to get titles to, to, to win. And back in the day, man, hell, didn't nobody care about no, no title. People just wanted dogs that was treeing coons. Hell, people didn't care if it treed possums or bobcats yep. or, 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 or whatever, a bear, it didn't matter. They was like, man, let's go hunt and let's go take these dogs out here. And, you know, you hear about those guys. I'm sure you know about guys like Dale Lee and some old dudes that would hunt mountain lions and stuff like that. And you hear them guys talk about, you know, how they had all kinds of breeds of dogs and just, you know, they saw a purpose and they saw a value to everything. I mean, hell, it didn't matter if it was a pit bull that had no tracking capabilities. It, it could do something. It could latch onto that bear and tear into that thing while the mother ones was, you know, trying to survive a lashing or whatever, you know, yeah. I mean, there was something they, they knew, they knew the value of everything. This one here, he can pick up a cold track. This one here, he might, he's good at starting it, or he might good, be good at jumping something, but he's yeah. not good at carrying it. And, you know, we'll put this one on there with him. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a super interesting to hear all these things from all these different old timers and, and look at the observations, listen to the observations and, uh, and kind of put it all together. Uh, it's, it's, Definitely. it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I'm really passionate about kind of hearing hearing a lot of how these old timers were thinking while they were hunting these dogs Mm -hmm. and to hear guys that, like I said, saw value in everything. It really just, it really opened your eyes. A lot of people nowadays don't care about nothing but the kind of dog that they hunt. And I just, I always preach, don't be colorblind. You know, if a dog will hunt, send him down the line. Yeah. 
put him, put him in there. I mean, I seen dogs, house dogs. I had this one old crazy dude used to carry around this ginormous great Dane. I mean, this thing was huge. <laughs> and I laughed when I seen it get out of the truck because he had it in the in the, the cab of the truck and it got out. And I, I laughed. And uh, but the thing, it was giant. It was huge. Yeah. And it had it had huge legs and it went tearing off into the woods. And hell, it jumped a bunch of deer, and that thing come out the other side right on the deer's butt. You know, the thing yeah. was right there with him. He almost caught the deer. So, you know, there was just, it's, there's something. I've seen poodles. I've seen, uh, yeah, just, you get, you get what I'm saying, man. Mm-hmm. There, there's something of value to each and every kind of dog. And if you'll give them a chance, man, if they've got the potential, you'll see it quick. Mm-hmm. Now, if you could pick anything, I mean, if what would you, what's your favorite type of hunting with a dog? Well, I like deer hunting with dogs. I don't know if that's my favorite. I definitely think that it's, uh, it's definitely one of my favorites. I like coon hunting a lot. I like, I like the camaraderie of all hound sports, hound related activities, I should say. Yeah. You know, if, if people consider hunting a sport, then I say it's the greatest sport of all time because people have been doing it way before the Olympics. People have been trying to secure food. And yeah. then after they was able to secure food, maybe try to get a little extra food, uh, you know, since like the dawn of time, I feel exactly. like. So, so anyways, yeah, man, if it is a sport in that sense and people consider it as such, I do, can you know, I do think it's the greatest, but I don't really per se consider it a sport, I consider it more of a, a way of life, uh, a means to, you know, to sustain myself. And that's where a lot of people get it twisted. A lot of people yep. enjoy killing and I'm not like that. I don't enjoy killing things. I do kill a lot of things, killed more things than I could ever count. Uh, but I will say this about it. I never once ever took pleasure in killing anything. And if you're not a, a true hunter, you don't understand that. Uh, but if you are a true outdoorsman, a true outdoors woman, you'll understand it when I say that even though you don't take pleasure in killing, you understand the fulfillment and the necessary, uh, the necessariness of the, of, of hunting, this, this completing the circle of life, it, it puts into perspective life itself. If you don't understand how death affects uh you if you don't understand how taking a life affects you then you can't really say you do i mean that's just what it boils down to you if you go to a grocery store and you depend on somebody to put a steak in a package if that ever falters you're in bad you're in bad trouble yep you know but but for for us i i don't depend on the magic packaged steak you know i I just don't i never have i wasn't raised that way and and you know we just go out there and get get whatever we need and thank the lord for it and we do it in a moral ethical way and really try to show folks that hey you can be per se a cool cat and you can be a guy that's cool with all the guys and whatever you don't have to be the poacher you don't have to be the guy that's always going out there on somebody else's land intentionally. Mm-hmm. A lot of, you know, I don't want to say a lot of guys cause it's not a lot, but, but 
there's some outlaw hound guys out there. There's a few oh, yeah. of them bad apples. And I will say, I know some of them and yeah. some of them necessarily aren't bad people, but they've got the wrong idea of what's cool, man. Because yeah. <laughs> what's not cool is getting all of us hemmed up because you're an idiot. Yep. And I want to teach my kids and pass all this stuff down to, to their kids, you know, and, and have them pass that down to, to all kinds of, you know, the folks, and I mean, a lot of folks don't realize some people don't have parents that'll take them hunting. Mm-hmm. And my daddy, he didn't, wasn't a hunter. He got shot at when he was a kid and he shot some couple of deers and whatever. And he's like, you know, that's cool. I get it, but it ain't for me. Mm-hmm. But when I wanted to start hunting. He'd just take me and drop me off and just say, you know, call me when you get one or if you get one <laughs> fall tree or whatever or if he's going dog hunting you know do what they do what the old men say whatever mm-hmm. and uh yeah man it's just we're, we're living in different times nowadays oh, yeah. it, you know you got people that are out to get us you got people that are out to try and end traditions yep. you got george washington said hey man my favorite thing to do when i'm not trying to secure our freedom from britain or uh you know try to build the infrastructure write the framework for the country or when i'm not doing serious stuff man for all y'all, my favorite thing to do is is take these hounds and run them for for deer and for foxes. Yep. And I actually bought a I bought this thing. Maybe I could send you a picture. I bought this book the other day, and in the book it it has a memoir of George Washington. He wrote down all the stuff that he did over the course of a month, mm-hmm. and it was so cool, man, to look at this thing and read it, how he read it, I mean, how he wrote it or whatever, and, uh, you know, we went hunting with old boy down here in the gully, and uh, we caught caught three foxes, and, or we went there, down there, went hunting with so-and-so today at the old mill farm, and, you know, we didn't catch any fox, you know, but... That's cool. we'll, be, we'll be back at it tomorrow whatever you know and and to, to for it to go that far back and for us to have been passing on all the way up to now and to have beat all the people that have tried to keep to keep it uh from being legal to make it illegal you know we beat back all these people up until now but it's been it's more at risk now than it ever has been. Yes, and if we don't, if we don't band together and stop being idiots and start saying, Hey man, let's try to be as ethical as we can. Let's try to, let's try to be legal beagle. Let's try to do this the right way. Let's try to keep this being legal so that we can continue to pass it down to yeah. our family members, to our youngins, to the people that are in the next generation mm-hmm. and the generation after them. If we don't continue to have 60 to 70,000 dudes in blaze orange ball caps who are willing to go drive up to the lawn in, in DC and sit out there in suits and blaze orange ball caps and say, no, you're not going to take away our right to, to run dogs. If yeah. you don't have that, then all of a sudden, it disappears and it's, it's, it's happened every single other place. And a lot of folks that, you know, you got tree talking, uh, you know, that's your deal is a lot of guys as coon hunters need to understand. It's not just coon hunters. Oh, if wow. you do, they, 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 
out west it's bear hunters and cat hunters and stuff like that washington and all these other places oh, yeah. they're all they're all trying to just completely ban get rid of it a lot of places have succeeded and in the south even i mean you look at where you can deer hunt with dogs there's like a handful of states and a lot of places almost every state it's only certain regions within the state that you can actually do it and it'd yeah. be legal Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, man, they have definitely divided hunters against themselves to the point to where they were able to wedge it out and edge, edge out true, uh, hound hunting. Mm-hmm. And yeah, man, it's, it's wild, dude. We got to get together. We got to, we got to start joining up with clubs like Virginia hunting dog Alliance is one down there where I come from that, you know, several of the old timers when I grew up, when I was 13, 14 years old hunting in the hunt club, you know, they was encouraging me, Hey son, join this club, you know, pay you $30, join this club, go to these meetings to learn about what's going on with the government and what they're trying to, you know, the bills and the laws and stuff, because this is going to affect you and this is going to affect your kids. Yep. And I'm so fortunate to have old timers like that. Cause a lot of people don't, you know, they don't, they don't try to steer you the right way. They are over there telling you to go on old farmer Joe's land over there and just do your thing. It don't matter. Uh, and that ain't it, man. Nope, you're exactly right. And we definitely need to band together and make sure we uh, fight to protect it. That's for sure. That's right, man. So now, one other part of that is uh, kind of when we portray our life in running hounds online, making sure we portray it in a good light. And and I see you posting, you know, like I said on TikTok and stuff. I'm just curious as to like what kind of reaction you get. You know, you have a very large following that's obviously not predominantly houndsmen. You know, I post something. Most people that follow me run dogs of some sort. Oh, sure, some sure. Right, right, right. It's not the same for you. So what's what's the reaction? What's that you get when you post stuff? Well, I mean, be honest with you, it's like, yes. I am fortunate enough to have had, I've always made music about the things that I do, and I feel like country folks, whether or not they hunt or not, they understand the association between country lifestyle and hunting Mm -hmm. i just you know i I got people that are uh uh, as far from being alike to me as possible that are per se maybe even like liberals or they have different uh views and opinions and stuff that would most people say oh man this guy is completely different from you they could, they would agree with me. Hey man, well, you know what? One thing we did have in common is we grew up out in the country and I don't hunt. I never hunted, but I appreciate, I understand it. And I appreciate people that, that do it the right way and understand it, its purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, so you got a lot of people, regardless of what they enjoy doing or whether or not they live a country lifestyle, if they grew up like that, or they can appreciate the country lifestyle, they don't per se, uh, bash the hunting. So I've got a lot large group of fans that are like that. You know, some of them don't per se hunt, you know, the ones that don't just like the country music, you know, they, they don't really hate on it because they understand it. But Mm -hmm. then you've got some other people that are, of course, you know, new people that have never heard of what I'm doing or they don't know the music. They don't know the background. They just see hell. There's this guy and he's, 
knocking raccoons out of the tree and they're bouncing like bouncy balls off the ground and he's letting them down downs tear into them you know and some people might say well jj that's painting what we do in a negative light i'll just tell you this man we're living in the world now i used to care a little bit more about trying to be more sensitive and i don't post bloody things and you know where his tongue's hanging out and it looks awful and i just i don't believe in that but i do believe in showing what really happens if you're gonna videotape something just show it show it how it happened you know what i mean like that's that's just the truth if it's a picture and you're gonna you know we're gonna take a picture I mean, you put your suit and tie on to look good in the picture, don't you? So why wouldn't you make the deer look regal or make the raccoon or the whatever? And I try to make the deer or the animal that I'm hunting, uh, I I try to show it respect and even in the picture. However, like I said, in the video of when we're hunting this thing, you got to see the primalness of it. If you don't understand the primalness of hunting you don't understand what it is at all Mm -hmm. and if you're not going to go do it and you just want to watch it and you want to see how it is unfortunately there is no way for me to be honest with you about how the process is if i delete half of half of it you know if i edit out the stuff that's less than kosher to you then guess what you just i've just done something to pacify you and i've removed some of the authenticity from it and so really the only guy that i know of that's that's kind of that's done what i do with the whole just post it like it is and has gotten positive overwhelming support is that guy tim wells and i've met him a couple times he's a good old dude he's you know, he's, I don't know if you've ever heard of that guy. He don't hunt with dogs per se a bunch, but he, he, uh, you know, he hunts with like spears. He like oh, puts okay. a on a spear and like chucks it into a pig. And, you know, people lose their minds. He shoots, shoots things, eh, lop the turkey's head off with the bow and arrow and stuff like that. And people knock him, but he never disrespects the animal. He's always very, um, you know, he's always very, respectful with how he and ethical about how he goes about hunting the creatures and he shows how it really is hunting ain't something that's that's pretty it's something that gets messy sometimes and it's very difficult to do for some people to to take the life of an animal and i still find like i told you earlier that it's not something that i necessarily enjoy doing i don't like watching the life go out of something's eyes but i understand that you can't put it on the grill and eat it if it's still alive how wrong would that be so that's what i'm saying man it boils down to i make authentic music i make music about the things that i do i hunt dogs i hunt and I make video clips and content and stuff like that. I'm getting ready to put out a start filming this show for, for later this year. I'm going to start putting some of these episodes out. It's called the singing hounds. But so if y'all out there that are listening, if y'all want to watch us hunt bears and deers with dogs and squirrels and rabbits and turkeys with dogs and all kinds of crazy shit like that, you know, It'll be cost you a couple dollars or whatever because I got to put all together and work my off. This guy on the other end over here, my buddy I'm talking to, he knows about it. He said that he's working hard and he's got a job and he's taking time to juggle the family stuff and to do all this. And, and 
you know, he's trying to make content for y'all. So, you know, it's a couple bucks, but man, it's going to be well worth it to, uh, to see all the raw unedited stuff that happens, everything from the, the camaraderie at the campfire after we done shot 48 deer and, or we gone out there and tree 12 coons and, and paddled across a freaking small ocean sized lake and, and hunted freaking camped out and everything, man, cooking coffee in the morning, sitting there watching the sun come up there on the bank. I just, I just want people to see it right through my eyes. And of course, yeah. another dynamic that I've got in the show that nobody else has done is the fact that I've got this hunt club yeah. and I can't with this idea. I'm going to make this hunt club and I'm going to give my fans a chance to join it. Mm-hmm. And so I made this kind of outrageously priced merchandise was like, Hey, if you want to buy this, you know, you get a chance to go hunting with me. None of these people really knew that I was going to let all of them go hunting with me that bought this mm-hmm. merchandise. So they bought the merchandise. I'm like, yo, if you want to go hunting with me, you know, what kind of hunting do you want to do? And I kind of gave it on, gave them all a choice of what they wanted to do. And so hell we got everything lined up from duck hunting to, to uh deer hunting with dogs like i said bear hunting I, I, hell, I might even go elk hunting of course they ain't gonna let me do that with dogs but yeah but yeah we're gonna do all kinds of crazy stuff man so awesome. so y'all y'all tune into that now is the show is that going to be with these people that joined your hunt club yeah man okay we're gonna these this the whole premise of this thing is to kind of take these people that love what i do with country music and kind of live the same lifestyle and have always been like, man, I love to go hunting with JJ. And I was kind of like, well, man, I want to go hunting with you. And, and I want to, I want to like videotape it on and show people out there what they're missing. I show people, Hey, this could have been you, or maybe, <laughs> maybe it still could be you. I don't know, dude. Like I, I've always awesome. thought it was really awesome to be able to meet people mm-hmm. from across the country that you heard on, heard of you through the internet or heard of you through the radio or whatever. And be like, man, I, I really relate to what you do. I do the same thing or do something similar. Yeah. Like, man, I've loved link up with you. Spend some time, you know, cutting up and, and drink a beer after we, shot a bunch of ducks or whatever you know it's just a it's a cool thing man i i, I just kind of come up with it all of a sudden it was like you know what hell i'm gonna make an outdoor show and you know put put my country music fans in there go hunting with these guys and show people some some methods of hunting that they've never seen before or even heard before you know that's like awesome. turkey hunting with dogs mm-hmm. i mean hell that's we put them up a tree might not be coon hunting <laughs> might not be bear hunting or some of cat hunting but you know turkey hunting with dogs is pretty fun too man if you ever get a chance to go out there to virginia and try that do it one thing i haven't tried that's for sure right on now where's that going to be available at what uh though well i'm not sure, sure what subscription platform i'm gonna have it on i okay. might be details out or whatever i won't stay tuned with me here i'll i'll release some details here for too long but but yeah right now man i'm just i'm working on filming it i got a lot of hunts planned a lot of really cool stuff and yeah i mean dude when people see what i'm doing with this and with these guys out here they, it's gonna i feel like it's gonna have some some fans for it. i feel like there's gonna be some people that kind of 
appreciate it. So no, it sounds yeah. awesome. Now, one last question for you before I let you go. How many other coon hunters in Nashville are there? In Nashville? Yeah, that you know. Well, I mean, I guess there's, I guess there's, uh, that I know about. I mean, <laughs> I don't know, man. There might be one. Uh, I don't know. I really, if you want to say Nashville, it's kind of hard because there's some outer lying areas that there are some people that they coon hunt on some sides of the city, but. I mean, the side of the city I live on. When man. I when I say Nashville, I mean like singer songwriters, people in the music business. Anybody? Oh man, hell, there ain't nobody that goes <laughs> cutting in the music industry. I mean, I took I took a couple of them out there. I took this one old boy out. Uh, did some hunting. Oh, shoot, what the heck's his name? Old Travis Denning. Okay. There's some guys that uh there's some guys that are willing to do it, man, that you know, that per se didn't grow up doing it, but they you know, they got the right spirit about it and they want to learn. And I'm willing to show anybody that's like that. I'm not too good to show somebody because I didn't have somebody showing me per se a lot of this stuff growing up when I was a little kid, but I wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. So I just figured it out and took advice from old timers and just went out there and did it myself and learned. Yep. Um, but, but yeah, man, I mean, there's just really not that many people out there that are dog men. I know there's a guy outside of kind of outside of, uh, North Carolina where he's probably down there in South Carolina, old David Cooler. He used to make a lot of hunting songs and stuff like that. You probably heard that old song dog hunting man and whatnot. Now he's a good old boy. And I I used to always jam that song running around hunting dogs. Like I said, man, it's just kind of a few guys that, that really do it. I'm sure that I know who was it that I talked to old John Michael Montgomery. I think he does some rabbit hunting with dogs and such like that. There's just some guys here and there that, that enjoy doing it, but there ain't no hardcore houndsmen. (laughs) I mean, old Hank three, man, Mm -hmm. he, me and him are buddies and, and kind of kind of got to be knowing him here as of the last past couple of years. And he hell, he he's had all kinds of dogs too and he likes to dog hunt, but but he hell, he don't he don't got a kennel with him a pile of hounds out back and such. So Yep. I like know, his man, uh... I consider myself the last the last houndsman, you know, in in music business. Gotcha. Well, I just like to know and support other houndsmen and yeah, you have great music, but just want to make sure we support those other houndsmen and in their endeavors. So, well, I appreciate you giving folks a platform to talk about what they love, man. I, you know, I appreciate you taking the time to let me blab for a little while. Right. I definitely have always liked hunting with dogs and I've always sat there around with the old timers and jawed jawed and jawed and and told stories and lies and and laughed and and uh took a bite out of the old you know bag of chocolate peanuts and you know i mean it's funny it's like i grew up really smacking knees laughing you know drinking a glass coke out of a uh you know freaking bottle air at the old country store mm-hmm. i mean it's it's crazy dude that nowadays all that's done gone I've, yep. i can't pass that down on my really to my kids i mean it's just all the places are closed up the old men have died and yep. you know if we don't pass this stuff on y'all if we don't make it cool to go out there for our youngins to hunt and to carry on the traditions if we don't say hey 
we've got to preserve this now, it will disappear. Yep. And I mean, as much as I want to fight that wants to take it away, they'll do they'll do it if we don't band together because I can't stop it. You can't stop it. Nope. But we can together. So yeah, man. That's my message for the night. I appreciate you uh taking the time to like I said, to give me a platform to talk about hunting and uh hope folks listening enjoy something crazy that I said. And <laughs> and uh yeah, man. We'll nope. we'll do it again sometime when when we get a chance. Sounds good. Thank you. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Tree Talking Media. And until next time, keep them talking in the timber. <laughs>